Midnight Source, your home for all Lang Syne. My name's Nathan, your most baby New Year host. <laughs> My name is Andy, definitely the old man last year host. And I'm Pat, your transhumanist futurist host. Right. Excellent. Well, welcome everybody. Hello. Uh, it is a new year. 2020 is in the rear view, and thank God all our problems are Oof. solved, gentlemen. Gone. Woo! All right. It was, it was, I want to just take a quick moment, watching that ball drop from the last 10 seconds to the first 10 seconds, that, that like roughly 20 second period, was a complete transition in my life. All of the weight of everything that had been on, on my shoulders. Just gone. Like, yeah. And, and it was absolutely fictional, which made it even better. <laughs> I spent, um, instead of watching the ball drop or do anything else, I spent the the transition from 2020 to 2021 um, chatting on Discord and talking somebody out of killing themselves. So that was fun. <laughs> oh, wow. no. Wait, like well, in a serious did... way? Uh, he might have been joking or looking oh. for attention. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Well, but I also feel like people who look for attention uh, by doing that kind of stuff, uh, they probably need some attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like... I'll, I'll give you some attention. That's fine. I mean, I wish that you wouldn't go to that kind of length, but well, good. I mean, good for you. I mean, That's... I tried to give him. I tried to give him some good, you know, options. Like there are so many things to look forward to. We've got like robot anime cat girl waifus in our lifetime <laughs> to look forward to. Um, yes. But then I also said, you know, as a backup, if you're pretty sure you're going to kill yourself, you might as well try a bunch of hard drugs first. Because I mean. You know, at that point, why not? Yeah, take a week, have a bender, go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, the the thing is that that is exactly like the kind of dark humor that we are. I mean, especially this year has become just the absolute norm. Right. I, so, uh, so to me, it's just it's such a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Like. Life can be really bad. You might have, like, a lot of suffering, a lot of bad stuff going on. But the idea that you're going to kill yourself, it's... You're you're closing the door on any possible future right. that might be good. So it's a failure of imagination to think that, like, well, this could never get better. Maybe things are terrible. But, <laughs> like, you have to imagine that there might be something good. Well, and that's, that's the thing. It is... You're both accurate, and also, like, that is the worst possible thing you could tell somebody in that situation, too. Like, Fair no enough. one who's in that situation wants to hear, like, this is a temporary problem, because it certainly doesn't feel like it at the time. Sure. Yeah, I guess that's right. You you are 100% correct, uh, but also, ooh boy. I mean, oh, well, then I guess I said the wrong thing. No, well, I don't know. Well, no, there's, there's not, like, so my thing is... When you're helping somebody with any sort of issue like that, with um, I found out this week uh, my my aunt has some pretty serious cancer. It looks like she may be we don't we don't know yet, but everybody's jumping to this the worst possible conclusion. Mm, I'm sorry and I was to talking to my mom about it, and it you know it it is what it is. I'm gonna like it's hard to be there for people right now when they have medical issues and I was talking to my mom about it and she felt really bad about it. And I, I feel, I genuinely feel like 
There's no right thing to say. There might be a bunch of wrong things to say. Sure. But there's no, like, series of words that you can string together that's going to make people feel better about their situation in these really extreme uh, predicaments we find ourselves in. The thing that's helpful is just being there, like letting people know through your actions that you care. And maybe you're going to say some dumb ass shit and maybe you're not going to know exactly what the right thing to say is. But the good news is there's no right thing to say. There's there's no magic keyword that you're going to say where everybody's going to jump up and yell like Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's just (laughs) being there and being a friend or being family member, just like letting them know that you care about them is the important thing. So I I think that this sort of came up when we on our drugs episode. But I would say that I've had some struggles with with depression in my life. I don't know um, that I would be considered like clinically like diagnosably depressed or what. But I go through some tough times and the winters tend to be especially tough for me. Um, The most awful name they could have possibly come up for it. Seasonal affective disorder. Just so that they can. Sad. Like (laughs) that is the most dismissive acronym, though. That they could have possibly, like, it, it, it completely delegitimizes the phenomenon. So I, I don't, I don't care for it, but <clears throat> winners are a little bit tough for me. Uh, and I just, you know, it's not that I, um, ever feel particularly suicidal. I, you know, I get really lonely and I really enjoy, you know, especially this year, it being so hard to, to connect with people. Um, I know that conservatives have made a big to-do about people's depression and suicide during lockdowns and stuff, that they've been blowing that out of proportion as a political tool to to try to combat against the shutdowns. But, you know, it's not made up either. And it's... I think that, Pat, I don't think that there is anything wrong you can say to someone in, in a situation like that. Well, there's, I guess, a few things wrong you can say, <laughs> right. but, but, <laughs> but, um, but what I'm saying is like, honestly, just like, like Nathan is saying, like, just literally the act of talking to them keeps them from doing anything in, in most cases. So I think potentially, you know, or at least lets them know that they're cared about. Right. So. Sure. I mean, and I've been through that with friends who have ended up, you know, at the hospital and stuff that um, tried to drink themselves to death or something. And I'm sure that you guys have had friends or family who who have dealt with those sorts of issues as well. And so I think, you know, just in my experience, yeah, being there, being attentive and and just being – a caring person for to them. You don't have to say, worry about saying the right thing. Just have a conversation and just be yourself with them and, and be there with them in the moment. And that goes. Well, I told way. him. I told him that uh, killing yourself is strictly against server policies, so he's not allowed to do it. <laughs> nice. I, like what if that was the him. thing that worked though. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, no, but like that's that's the thing. Like it's that sort of like dark humor I found helps in those situations so much. It does, sure. although it also is sort of a hot potato, you know, in that uh, it can rub people the wrong way. It, it we start to throw it around so so willy nilly 
especially this year. My friend from college, her brother, who's I th- I think he's younger, so around thirty, he died this year of COVID, and so you know. While we might sit here and joke and may say something like, hey, hey, we all survived. Well, no, we f-ing didn't. We so, um, like in a very big way and in a very personal way to a lot of people. So I think the dark humor is I think it, it's, it's a really valuable release valve for for people. But also it can I mean, I hate to use the term trigger, but it can <laughs> set people off. It can it can blow up in your face. Right. So, uh, I would like to salute you for the way you chose to spend your New Year. I watched Ryan Seacrest for a bit, so that that was good. He got... Did he just, like, add 30 years? I mean, he looks suddenly like a George Clooney, almost. (laughs) George Clooney looks like he's 35. Well, he is... I don't know what you're talking about. He's he's the new... uh, um. Oh crap! What's the guy's name? Um. Uh. Caratop. Dick Clark. Dick Clark. He's he's the new Dick Clark, the ageless man. Yes. But anyway, a carrot top. <laughs> well, so in lieu of talking about our weeks, um, which is what we would normally do, in we this talked segment. about suicide. Well, yeah, we talked about suicide. <laughs> Did you guys want to go over just like you know what happened this year? <laughs> something nice that happened to you this year what? You why know, Andy, what happened this year <laughs> Andy posted something on Facebook this week about like what was the nicest thing that happened to you this year and I mm. think like I I posted it a little tongue in cheek but like honestly like it's been really nice having this podcast with you guys as an outlet to yeah. talk about stuff uh, to have something to pour our creative energies our goofy energies into Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, this is like, hands down, one of the best things that came out of 2020 for me. It technically came out of 2019, but I know what you mean. So did COVID, so. We did not release, we did not record an official episode until 2020, my friend. That is, is that right? we did not post an official episode until, that <laughs> we, is true. We recorded, we basically recorded, like, we got together weekly for like six weeks and had conversations at the library. Yeah. That may be on a recording somewhere, but <laughs> sounded way too awful to, like, have anybody listen to in any way. Well, they oh, had that's the, too uh, bad, because those, those episodes, like, were kind of okay, but... Well, we talked... Uh, it was nice practice. Yeah. Right. We'll come back around to those. That was back when, I mean, when we originally... Um, started doing this, we were going to do like 30 minute episodes and that went out the door immediately. <laughs> we're, we are incapable of recording 30 minutes. We will not shut up. <laughs> well, it's hard for me to top the podcast because like, yeah, that is a great answer. Well, if I and... can piggyback on the podcast thing though, I yeah. mean, in, 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 cause I agree 100%. I feel the same way that like, this is one of the best things that, that happened to me that th- one of the best things I've had in 2020. Um, but also the podcast itself has been a lot better than we could have possibly imagined. I mean, in this, in 2020. So as Nathan mentioned, like our first episode came out in January of 2020 and on January th- or sorry, December 31st, which is yesterday for us when we're recording this, uh, we crossed the 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 boundary into two thousand downloads, which Woo. is amazing. <laughs> I mean, we expected right. to be at like twelve, 
Yeah, it, it sounds like I hope at some point we'll listen back to that piece of audio that you just said, and it'll be like, ha ha, remember when we were proud 2,000 downloads? <laughs> well, because now we, we get, get that, that a day or something. Now, yeah, well, well, one day, but you know, for right now, just to you know, be humble for a minute, like, yeah, this is uh, the the <laughs> modest though it is, uh, this is. The most fame I've ever had. We interviewed Steve Hofstetter. Yeah, that's true. Right. And I have to say, I'm like, I'm incredibly grateful to the people who do, like, who populate those 2,000 listens, the people who listen to us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Like, Jenny, like, it's not just me saying it. Like, we genuinely appreciate you guys because we realize, like, it's. You could spend your time other ways. Well, yeah. I mean, we honestly, this was, we we did this for us. Like, we did mm-hmm. this as something fun for us to do together. And that that so quickly we could be able to put out a product that people want to listen to 2,000 times in one year is Well, it's interesting. Awesome. So, like, to pull back the, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, mid last year, I think it was Andy who had the idea of putting together something like either a podcast or a YouTube channel or something like that. And we had a bunch of people who initially said, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Let's do it. And everything like that. And then we started trying to get people to like actually do things to make like it happen. Commit, commit to the first recording session. Right. And nobody wanted to do that. And so eventually we we're just like, fuck it, let's do something. Yeah. And the three of us got together and did this something, and a few friends of the pod were some of those people who originally said, hey, we I want to be involved in everything yeah. like that. But I honestly think this is a better product. We put out a better show than we ever, ever would have put out or that we talked about doing beforehand. So I'm yeah. I'm very happy. I'm pleased. Definitely. I still like our uh, our fake news format that we were going to do and I would like to revisit that someday. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be the same. Yeah. Like product, it doesn't have to be beat a dead source, but I just right. like I love the uh the parody news format. Sure. Just like yes. tickles my funny bone. Agreed. Totally. <clears throat> so this year one of the best things that happened to me was uh I decided to go from 5 days a week working at like, you know, eight to 10 hours a day with about an hour and a half of commute. And uh, I was reading this article that said like millennials more and more are starting to work like less than full time, like less than 40 hours a week and doing something on the side, like doing schooling or doing like side hustles, doing like maybe Uber driving or, you know, whatever other thing to fill the time. And I was like, you know, I don't have time to like go to the barber. I don't have time to go get an oil change. I don't go to the bank. Like my whole life was work. And so this year I decided that I would pull back a little bit and go to three days a week for most of the time, not during, not during Christmas peak. But um, that decision has been like a significant life improvement. So that's that's probably the best thing that that's happened awesome. to me this year. Do uh, that's great, and I can afford it. I'm an, I'm not like you know about to get evicted or in the gutter or anything. So I found out that I can 
I can do that. Uh, I mean, I probably would be a little better off financially if I didn't make that decision, but um, I think it's been paying dividends in just having a better life. So what I'm hearing so. you say is that you've come around on UBI. Sure. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> now that you have totally in favor of UBI. UBI? I don't remember. It, I don't remember you not just not approving of you. Just less for it than us. I yes, might have put it. I might have put up some token resistance uh, for the entertainment value of the podcast. <laughs> but if it if it comes down to brass tacks, like like absolutely, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get this thing <laughs> yeah. done. Um, so I'm curious, really quickly, because you mentioned that you didn't have time to go to the barber. And I was wondering now that you are down to three days a week, why I still haven't cut my hair. Do <laughs> I was. <laughs> um, that's I, a good I, I question. Don't know if you heard, but there's a global pandemic. On. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a non-zero right. chance of literally dying from going to the barber. I didn't um, like going before. So, so if death uh, is a possible, obviously, if there's people in multiple states protesting for their rights to go to the barber, I would say that it must be safe, right? I'll right. just be I'll just be shaggy for a little bit, or you know, I mean, I could cut it myself and look ridiculous. I do. I've been getting the home buzz cut all year. Yeah. I mean, this was a good. I had started doing a little bit before um, COVID started, but until I was about thirty, I had hair like halfway down my back, and then for about a decade, I kept my hair relatively short. And then mm. I I decided I kind of wanted to grow it back out. I had missed it and everything like that. And that's what I've been doing. And so it's easy for me. Every time my hair grows, I just pull it a little bit more back into the ponytail and I'm good to go. <laughs> so um, one of my one of my oh shit moments about this was like, you know, I'll deliver to businesses. I'll deliver to like restaurants or bars or whatever. And like working like, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks, um, you don't you don't have time and it's like during the week and like Longhorn Steakhouse will be like packed. Like there'll be like people, you know, the restaurant will be like at capacity, people waiting outside. And I was just like, where do all these people come from? Like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong that I just like don't have time in my life to sit down at a restaurant to enjoy things? And like, where do all these people get their money from? <laughs> so I was like, there's something that's not right here. Um, in like the work-life balance, yeah. right? And some and, and other people apparently have it figured out somehow. I don't know if they're working like working weekends or working like fewer days a week or to have days off. I don't, you know, I don't know. But. So I agree. It's like real hard, and I, I keep wishing because work is real slow for me, and I'm just going in there for nine hour days to sit on on my hands all day and not have any customers around to work with it. So it's like really boring. And, mm. um, and I feel like, why am I even here? Why can't we like reduce schedules and do three days a week? Like we did in the spring so that all of us can like actually be more, you know, there'll be less of us here to share a, a low number of customers, mm. but also, when we're not there, we'll be at home with our families or whatever, doing things that we actually like and care about. That's not the way American business works. I it's it's frustrating, and you know I don't want to tell anybody how to run their business, et cetera, et cetera. But 
Uh, I know that I would really like to be able to go down to like three days a week and still be able to make ends meet. Uh, you know, if, if, if that were, if, if being a part-time car salesman becomes an option to me and I can still bring in 60 a year or something, like I'm doing that because I want to, that's really important to me, spending time with family, spending time alone by myself to do something that I want to do by myself, even if that's watching TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I mean, you laugh, but like that stuff's necessary, man. You got to be able to recharge your batteries. To be clear, so. I am settling for less money. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, you know, we'll see where that No, that's me. what I meant. Like, yeah. But, but you know, um, anyway. That's that's pretty oh, cool. awesome though that um that you have that opportunity is kind of what I was getting at I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, today because it is the first day of the rest of our lives Wait, and what? <laughs> the last day of <laughs> like what could easily be described by many people as the worst year of the ever. Well, it's 2021 baby and I've uh, heard people say talking 539 AD actually is Worse. <laughs> that was I not. A, I can't okay. verify that. Um, Fair enough. I saw a, a meme out there saying that I'm going. I'm rolling optimistically into 2021 like a bird into a window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of posted it, but one meme I really liked was "Happy December 32nd." Oh yeah, yeah. But what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, is predictions for uh, 2021. What we think is going to happen based on what has happened in the past. So I... um, It's going to work a little bit differently than other episodes we've had in the past because we like to mix it up for people. But um, I don't know. I I can start if you guys would like. Well, what kind Um, of predictions are you looking for right now? Are you thinking like a political prediction or a... Sure. Anything, something that will happen in 2021. You you can bring up whatever you want. Uh, let me go ahead. I think the best way to um, figure out what we're talking about is for us to just do it. Okay. I, I'm down, I'm down for Nathan like to, to take a swing. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, the first topic I want to talk about is entertainment and how that's going to change once things get back to normal-ish. Hmm. So, for example, take uh, movie theaters. They are not doing great. It's not, and it's not like they were doing particularly well before the pandemic started. Well, yeah, people can pretty much have a movie theater sized screen in their own home now. So, 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 what's <laughs> what's your swing, uh, Nathan? You want to take a big swing up to the plate? Uh, well, here's here's what I want to do. I instead of like me just saying this is going to happen, I want to like let's. Let's have a little conversation because the, the reason why I think there's going to be changes is we're used to immediate, immediately being able to have movies in our living rooms as soon as they're released now. That's what, ha- that's what's happened all year long. Mm-hmm. And is there going to be a change in the tradi- traditional release schedule of movies? Because I think movie theaters are important. Like think about if you want to have an affordable night out with your family, if you want to take your family out to do something out of the house. Let's say there's not a global pandemic. 
there's you have a few options, but to be able to like share an experience with them, there's really not a lot to do. Like, can I, can I push uh, back this, a little bit on the notion that going to see the movie with your family is affordable? Yeah, no, you can, but sure. it's still it's, it's like it's gotten more expensive, but it's absolutely affordable. You can you can get everybody um, in the movie for about let's say you have a family of four, you can get in there for about forty bucks. Which, if you spend, if you decide to buy snacks, kicks it up to what sixty or seventy bucks, which is definitely different. <laughs> not, well, there's there's like matinees, there's like matinees where you can get in for like five dollars, but I've seen in certain places that sometimes movie tickets have gone up to like fourteen, fifteen bucks as high as. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It depends on where. I th- I think still in Ohio. It we're still at like ten, twelve, but, but it's I think, creeping up. I think that, you know people had a lot of complaints about going to movies, and they were starting to change. The industry was they, you know, you you would see new movie theaters that were uh, having like uh, comfy chairs, like easy, like reclining chairs, and movie theaters that will serve you dinner, and 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 like that. I'm sorry, smeg like that. And there's additional costs related with that too. Certainly, you you maybe have get a better experience, but those aren't going to be your $10 seats anymore. They're going to be your $15, $16 seats. So I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to say... <laughs> We're never going to let anything get to his. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Did, I, did... I specifically asked you guys. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. So, so 2021 is going to have fewer movies released than 2020. Right. That's my big swing. <gasps> okay. <laughs> well, I think there's... There's no chance that you aren't right, so congratulations, <laughs> you win. The, I, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, there's one exception to this, which is drive-in movie theaters have done amazingly well this year, mm. and I love that. Yeah, bring those back. Yes, and like the other thing is, number one movies this year, uh, Jurassic Park, Batman, <laughs> the original movie, was number one Ooh, the, one time. The Adam West one? No. Oh. The, the first Tim Burton one. <laughs> the first Michael Keaton one. Oh, I don't... Although I do love Adam West. Yeah. And we did get uh, the entire box set of uh, the original Batman yes. series on DVD for Christmas. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Oh, nice. I remember I met Adam West as a kid. And it was like one of the like formative experiences of my childhood. <laughs> Because I grew up, this like my childhood was before like Television. Keaton as Batman and everything like that. So Adam West was my Batman, and my dad was a radio DJ in Toledo, Ohio. So when I walked up to him, my dad had, unbeknownst to me, had a conversation with Adam West to like let him know when I would be there and have him make a big deal out of oh Nathan, it's so nice to meet you. Like it was uh, like incredible. <laughs> so your dad sounds awesome. awesome. I, I love I love Adam West Batman. I love it. Me too. Big fan. I love the camera. Um, but stuff. the other thing is production schedules have I talked to Sarah about this earlier in the year, but production schedules both for TV and for movies have been slashed. People have not like people have not been recording new content. So when the next season of shows that we expect is set to come up, there aren't going to be shows to be had, or there's going to be very few. And you're going to start having a lot more reality TV come out. You're going to have a lot fewer movies come out um, because who's been recording? Like, I know Tom Cruise yelled at some people on his set 
for not following COVID uh, regulations. And I say, huzzah. Tom Cruise, use your crazy Scientology for good instead of evil for once. Right. I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their Right. Production on the Batman movie um, with the guy from Twilight, Robert Pattinson, um, had to stop because Robert Pattinson got COVID. And whenever you're talking about like a production, like a big budget movie, like you have hundreds, hundreds of people on set doing makeup, doing hair, doing costume design, doing sound, just like all of these different jobs and like it's really hard to do that safely just you have so many moving parts so many people around so that's going to be a big hurdle and yeah i i don't know if we're going to see any uh big budget movies come out that weren't like already being edited that were like already <laughs> shot there's a there's a thing it's it's kind of related but um I really like Danny Trejo as an actor, as a working actor. And there's one thing I heard him say in an interview once about how he was asked if he ever did it on his own stunts because he does a ton of action movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, why would I risk hundreds of people's jobs by like risking getting injured so I can seem like a like so I can feel like a badass? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense, and I I love that attitude. That does like, shit on Tom Cruise and Jackie Chan a little bit. <laughs> absolutely, because yeah. Tom Cruise during the last Mission Impossible movie uh, stopped production for weeks because he had to run and jump from building to building and snaps his ankle, yeah. and you see it because they left that scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah. also Tom Cruise. Uh, well, let's give him fair credit for the thing that he did that was good, yelling at people about right. not Sci- COVID. Here's the thing. Scientology sucks, and Tom Cruise clearly has had some uh, mental issues in the past, but everyone I've ever heard him uh, talk about him, like people that I actually respect, uh, have said he's the nicest, most genuine person in the world when you actually interact with him. So well, I don't know like about us, Nicole Kidman never, like, is that complimentary about have, him, but yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't give a shit what Andy's opinion of Tom Cruise is because he's never met the man. I don't sure. care if she give a shit about my opinion or your opinion. Uh, people who've actually met and interacted with him, yeah. I give a shit about that. That's fair. Uh, also, Scientology sucks. Yeah. Man, that so, could be its own episode probably. Anyway. Oh, I am he's sure doing an episode be. about that. We... Um, but uh, any other anybody else have any predictions about entertainment? Are people going to go back to the movies when they open back up well, after the vaccine? I hope to. Is yeah, no, absolutely. I have. I happen to have like two hundred dollars in Fandango gift cards. <laughs> like, there you go. We're about to go see like two movies with that. So what you need to do, what you need to do is head on into the movie theater right now. Mm. When they ask what movie you want to see, say, "Oh, none." And then just walk up and get some popcorn and then walk back out. So I have another I have another bold prediction um, that Disney Studios will continue to acquire uh, intellectual properties and right. that they're going to like they're going to continue to monopolize the business. 
Um, but they're also like I think they're going to start releasing uh, a ton of Star Wars content every year until we are sick of it. So <laughs> again, you like you make these predictions that are already established as <laughs> like obviously going to be true. They announced like eight different Star Wars projects they're going to be doing over the next like year and a half. Yeah. I what, just like being right. I don't what know. part are you going to be sick yes. of? I don't understand. Nailed it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sick of it. I I love it. I was a little Dude. lukewarm on the uh, new trilogy. I mean, I, we can talk about that, but uh, um, but I'm a huge fan of the the new stuff that's coming out, and like I'm very excited for they're going to do an Obi Wan TV show. They're going to do a Boba right. Fett TV show. That stuff's going to be and great. Similarly, they have a bunch of Avengers shows in the works uh she hulk yeah uh wandavision loki well the thing is all the marvel stuff is in the vein of that first iron man movie that favreau made and now favreau has gone ahead and touched the star wars universe and from my perspective fixed it i mean sure i'm more excited about the mandalorian than i have been about anything since the ridge tridge fair enough yeah I think if we can get more stuff in that vein, I'm excited about it. I think John Favreau is is just brilliant, a brilliant movie maker and a brilliant guy in general. And and he's pretty much he's so every, thoughtful about stuff. He is, and he, I mean, almost everything he touches is is, is just fantastic. Uh, he's not a hundred percent, I guess, probably. <laughs> but I'd have to stop and look up what wasn't what he's done that wasn't good. I, I couldn't tell. Last you. thing I am going to ask with a vaccine that is ninety five percent effective and a chunk of the country who are fucking morons who won't take it, when are you guys gonna feel comfortable going back to a concert, for example? Standing room only concert, going to see a band. When when would you feel comfortable? Never. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to do that again. Well, to be fair, that was not my favorite thing to do in the first place. I love it. That I absolutely I love going to the movies. I love like seeing live music in person with other people. Ah, see, it's the other people part. Live music is fantastic. I do yeah. love it. I I don't know when that's going to be I, safe. I don't know that that will be safe. Well, there's also right. the safety factor to consider, but mostly just the crowds of people. Um, so I will definitely be going back to the movies um, once we're vaccinated. I think we're going to probably like. I mean, Caitlin technically has antibodies, but once we're we're low on the list, we're not going to get vaccinated very soon. But once we are, I mean, we'll still physically distance from other people around us and we'll still wear our masks. But I think once we've been vaccinated, we'll probably because we're already working in the public anyway. I had no idea that Caitlin was so against bodies. I mean, you said she's antibodies, right? She has antibodies. She's she's more about moving into like a, a like a pro mind brain brain in a jar kind of deal. Right. Uh, no, I, I am enjoying, quite enjoying, uh, I could get together with Caitlin and we could enjoy our antibodies together. We could download you to the cloud, upload you to the cloud. I feel like when I, uh, there's still reasons for me to go out and wear my mask and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for the next few months, it'll be fun. But they're also, I was reading a study earlier, they're finding more and more people who are recontracting COVID. And. They've had it and they get it again. And we don't know if the vaccine will stop spread. We only know that it will stop infection. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely still, so that's the, that's the whole thing is, 
I think once you have a once you've been vaccinated, I think you have a little more confidence to go do things that you need to do for sure and and some of the things that you want to do and especially in the spring and summer when it's nice out and warm and I think people will be pretty comfortable going you know they'll still wear hopefully many people will still wear their masks and stuff but I think I mean personally what I'm personally what I'm hoping is I do believe in personal liberties um but what I want is I want bounties taken out for an, for anti-vaxxers and for people to go out with trank guns full of vaccine-laden <laughs> darts and go out and shoot these people with these vaccine darts. Oh, uh, man, we're talking, like, very 1984-like dystopian future stuff where it's, we're, yeah. we're going to, like, unbrand. hunt people down. Um, well, so, and, I mean, if we, and if we have to track you down with, uh, with one of these bounty hunters... You do get injected with a tracking device. I mean, you don't get it if you if you sign up voluntarily. You're fine. We will micro. If we have to track you down, <laughs> Bill Gates is going <laughs> to develop a microchip just for you. So maybe um, this is. Oh, go ahead. I uh, just was going to say. I mean that that's pretty on brand, Yakami. This is maybe <laughs> some uh, well tread ground because we're already like deep into it, but. Um, how about COVID 2021? Absolutely. Like, what do you think is going to happen with disease in general and not even just COVID, but like if there could be something else that comes around or will we have it vaccinated and pretty well taken care of? Like what does 2021 look like? And of guys? course, for the, the listeners who don't know, uh, COVID is the disease caused by coronavirus or ah, SARS-CoV-2. Yes. Uh, which has been, I don't know if you've heard about it, spreading around the world for the last years. You're but, killing me. But mostly... You killed me. ...spreading around the United States. <laughs> I mean, I think, not exclusively. No, but right. almost. <laughs> right. No, we do seem to have the most dumb in the world, and we definitely have a higher death rate and higher uh, contraction rate. Hey, I've been saying this for years that we have the most dumbasses in the world. <laughs> you guys didn't and, listen to me. No, you're... And that's, I mean, that's your right as an American, is to be a dumbass. Like, sure. that is part of what the Constitution says. <laughs> yes. I think it's September, maybe October before we have this thing like, mostly under control. I'm not saying completely under control, yeah. but where... Things are starting to get back to normal. I agree, but I would add that I think it's roughly around March that people start acting like things are back to normal. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be January 1st when people start acting like things are back to normal because the dumbasses that we Well, we've it's going to come before. in waves. There's going to be a whole bunch of people who now think that because the number of the, the year number changed that anything change, then there's going to be a bunch of people who think that when Biden is inaugurated on January 20th, that suddenly January 21st is going to hold, like, be a whole nother world. And, I right. mean, there's just going to be phases of people thinking, and that's why I'm saying, like, by March, most people are just going to act like... So, I have a, I have a hopeful prediction. My, my hopeful prediction... Get out of here. ...is we've gone, <laughs> we've gone through... A cultural shift, it's not complete by any means, but, um, like, you never used to see Americans on the street wearing masks. That's something that you saw in, like, Asian countries, in, in other countries. Yeah. In the U.S., 
in the early days of COVID wearing a mask, like I got made fun of to my face for wearing a mask. It's like a cultural thing. Um, so it, it had not been culturally accepted um, to wear a mask anywhere you go. Now that's transitioning. I wouldn't say that that's a complete transition, but it's partial, you know. Now now you get less um, confrontations about wearing the mask, hopefully. I don't, I'm not even sure if that statement's quite right. No, I mean, it, maybe. But, um, I, I, so I'm hopeful, yeah. I'm hopeful that the next pandemic that comes around that we might be, might be better prepared for it culturally. <laughs> my, both my fingers are crossed yeah. right now. So I would say, um, <clears throat> I think, and <laughs> I'm going to open a new can of worms with this answer, unfortunately, but I think a ton of that answer depends on what happens in Georgia a few days from now. Yeah. You cool. want to tell me about that? Georgia. So guys, uh, guys, here's what I'm going to suggest. Uh, the Georgia vote will happen after we record this episode, but before it comes out. Mm. So here's what I'm going to suggest. We're going to record two different versions of uh, what – Andy, I want two different predictions from you. One, uh, if both Democrats win, and one, if anything else happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so in Georgia, both of the Senate seats are up – were up for re-election, and both of the races were too close to call in the general election. So both seats are going through a runoff election right now, where both of Georgia's Senate seats are up. And right now, as it sits, there are 50 Republicans in the Senate and 48 Democrats. So if both of these Democrats win. There's a 50-50 Senate, which the tie is broken by Kamala Harris, giving the Democrats the majority in the Senate, taking Mitch McConnell out of power, out of the Senate majority seat anyway, and opening the door for a Biden administration and Democrat-led Congress to actually pass some climate change reform and some actual real pandemic relief to, unlike to pass any legislation at all you mean stimulus befrelling stimulus bill that is a slap in the face to america and i'm really pissed about but i'm not going to go into right now uh but to actually do some things if they want to if they choose to of course they are also just they're also just awful people those those that democratic crew chuck schumer and nancy pelosi and joe biden these are not good people these are corrupt and bought out politicians who uh have their campaigns paid for yeah by... yeah 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 yeah. so if i can so, hop in for a the second point is so i'm just saying that... they're gonna do it i'm seeing that um doug jones was preceded yeah by uh luther johnson strange the third and i just want to say that's probably the best supervillain name i've ever heard in my <laughs> life <laughs> nice quality but but yeah so i mean here's the thing my prediction is going to be, and this is going to sound crazy, but my prediction is going to be that both of these Democrats are going to win these seats. And the reason that they're going to do it is kind of funny because it's all, it's Trump's fault for all of his, um, I mean, he has been absolutely 
ridiculously relentless about this election fraud bullshit that is not, I'm sorry bull heck <laughs> what do you say I don't Since know when do you think we can't swear on our know. podcast I'm trying to be better about it anyway so um <clears throat> whatever I was saying my name is Luther Strange <laughs> So so I think that the Democrats are going to actually manage to win both these elections because I think Trump has managed to completely dissuade Republican voters from voting. And uh, they're just not going to turn out and the Democrats are. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. But here's the thing. Then I think once those Democrats get in there, I think that the Democratic Party falls like dramatically short of solving the problems they want it to. And partially going to be because of the Republicans, but also partially going to be because they back off really easily and and just sell out, basically. So are, so. We, com- are we completely done with the uncertainty that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will assume office on January 20th? <laughs> yes. We've, we've been done with that for... <laughs> Okay, but I just want to—I just want to point out—they are still—they are still suing uh, Pence right now in order to get a judge to say that Pence has the authority to just choose electors. And I'm not saying that that's going through or that that's good. Pence suggested to the federal courts to dismiss that. Pence sure. himself asked for that to be dismissed. I'm really well, not worried right. about it. Uh, the the people. Let me just be clear. The people who are pushing for that are also known as traitors. Right. Uh, which, by well, the way, we have one right here in Ohio. Jim Jordan. He's one of the worst human yeah. beings ever. He's a piece of shit. He's great. He's horrible. And anyway, but if you ever want, if you ever want to have a good laugh, uh, go on to Google Image Search. And look up what Jim Jordan's <laughs> district looks like. It's kind of like a dragon. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, his, um, his his comments during like the impeachment hearings and stuff. I was just like, who is this guy? This guy's from my state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's here are my predictions for the Georgia runoff election. If Democrats don't win, it is going to be nearly impossible, and they will not follow through with pushing forward the progressive legislation that our country so desperately needs. Hmm. If the Democrats do win, they will not push forward with the progressive legislation that our country so desperately needs. Boom. So really just... Wait, that's the same... Yeah, yeah, either way, we're... It's like, I was pushing for Biden, Harris, but they they were never my choice. You guys remember that? Yeah, And sure. so now they're going to be president, and... I've always said that Joe Biden is a moderate Republican. Yeah, right. It just happens that there aren't any other moderate Republicans in the Republican Party. No, so Joe Biden is not a moderate Republican. Joe Biden is a conservative Democrat. Nope. (laughs) Disagree. Um, But uh, that's I have given you my prediction. Um, Pat, what's your prediction? So I think on January 20th that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will assume office. Um, I'm pretty sure about that. (laughs) <laughs> bold, bold <laughs> again, following forward with your predictions that just have no chance of not coming also, true also, water no, but, um, will remain this, wet like, this, might be, uh, this might be a little bit um, 
pessimistic, but um, I think that there's going to there's going to be ways that the legislation gets blocked that we again can't get a lot done in the legislature. Um, I think that uh, corporate interests are going to continue to be served. I think that, um, you know, the, the core issues that nobody is really disagreeing on are um, not going to be directly attacked. Um, so when you're talking about things like prescription drug prices, when you're talking about, um, you know, the price of uh, medical care, uh, health care, when you're talking about, um, you know, the, the trade agreements that we have with other countries, I, I don't think that the Democratic leadership is going to make any big, bold changes to anything uh, over the next four years, let alone 2021. Right. No. But no, I, hopefully, hopefully we can get some stuff like, um, you know, some progressive social issues uh, might get pushed forward. And that is something that um, traditionally has been less contentious because it's not dealing with the power structure of billionaires, uh, constituency, special interests. You know, it, it's not interfering with the people who are really pulling the strings behind the politicians. So we we very well might be able to see some stuff like, you know, expansion of gay rights, expansion of trans rights, um, some, you know, some social stuff, some social good might come out of uh, the right. next year or the next four years. So that could be pretty neat. I think one thing to consider is we really shouldn't even be talking about the next four years. It's really just it's the next two years because at that point, uh, you know, there's another election in mm-hmm. both houses of Congress and that the the momentum is already kind of weird. But, you know, the House, the Republican. Oh, my God. I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do like a deep dive political analysis. I can do it. I'm happy to take over for you. I think that Mitch McConnell is going to block everything he can because Mitch McConnell is a turtle that hates America. That is my bold prediction. Right. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, it won't matter what happens in 2 years because not nothing happens so long as Mitch McConnell's in power and he's got to he sit for another long. 6 years. So whatever yeah, whatever not suggesting whatever McConnell doesn't want to have happen. Anything necessarily. But, uh, the, yeah. Whatever McConnell doesn't want to have happen, so long as he's in power, won't happen. I think uh, we are going to see on the on the voter constituency side. I think we are going to see more and more populist movements cropping up, and and more um, you know yeah. more political momentum behind them, more people filling the seats, as it were, in in those political movements. Um, already, we're seeing. There's a fight right now over the $600 stimulus or the $2,000 stimulus, and uh, you're seeing that pretty much everyone except Mitch McConnell is is moving towards the $2,000 stimulus. Um, Trump wants it. Republicans right. want it. Democrats want it. Um, the, the people. 44 Republicans in the House voted for it, and there are 
at least an, they have to get to 60 votes to pass it in the Senate, and they have more than enough Republicans to be able to pass it. So Mitch just doesn't want it to come but it up. It doesn't matter because all it takes to stop Americans from getting relief, let alone stimulus, is Mitch McConnell doesn't it doesn't serve his donors. So when you see when you see grassroots movements pop up like we saw the Tea Party movement uh pop up, we saw Occupy Wall Street mm-hmm. pop up. Um I think that the more dissatisfaction that this this sort of uh congressional uh you know, stagnation of of just obstructionism. Um, the more that that frustrates people, the more of these populist movements are going to just spring out of the woodwork. Um, and uh, I mean, you could even you could classify BLM as that same sort of like grassroots movement, absolutely, like a dissatisfaction dissatisfaction with the way that the government is being run. Um, I think that that's going to be a pattern. I don't know that they're going to make a lot of waves in the government itself. But I think that you're going to see more and more people say like, this is f-ed up. We, somebody needs to do something. Right. Um, and, and the populist movements are going to gain popularity. And I, I think success with these movements has to be tracked over the course of 10, 12 years, not over the course of two, not over the course of four, you know, like the, the idea of a $15 minimum wage, the idea of Medicare for all was ludicrous when Bernie brought it up four years ago. And he wasn't the first one to bring it up, but he was the first major candidate to bring it up. And now it's basically the Democratic platform. I mean, not not with Biden. <laughs> he He's still, oh boy, does he love that private health care, uh, which makes a lot of sense. He's He's a great candidate, and he was definitely the best person for the job. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that you're you're absolutely right. I think people are less and less inclined to follow to to be polite about getting across their message anymore. Uh, there's an urgency to it, and the way movements are responding to issues that we haven't seen in the past. And to be clear, that's not exclusive to the left. No, not we're gonna at all. See, we're going to see right populist movements also. Yeah. Um, you've already seen, ones. like, you know, homegrown militias and uh, trying to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Like, so you've seen a lot of weird And, uh, I mean, that's going to come from both sides of the aisle. Mini fact check. <laughs> yeah, Pat. Armed vigilantes and militia from the right trying to cause insurrection and violence. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. But seriously, he made this prediction like four days before they attacked the Capitol. Mini fact check. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> more recently the uh, some right-wing groups in Oregon like, fought in the streets, got into con- conflict with police. At the Capitol building in Oregon, yeah. Um, you know, so one other, one real kind of like final thought for me on, on this is what pisses me off a, a lot about Mitch McConnell. I hate to harp on this, but I just hate him so much. Um, <laughs> he had the, the, the stones to say that the reason we shouldn't, we should give people $600 instead of $2,000 is because 
If specific struggling households need still more help after the huge historic package that was just signed into law four days ago has taken effect, then what they will need is smart, smart targeted aid. Not another fire hose of borrowed money that encompasses other people. Well, and it's also funny because he came out yesterday and said he didn't support the $2,000 because it was, quote, and I will say this is hilarious, quote, socialism for the super rich. What the fuck are you talking about, Mitch? He said what? He said that the $2,000 was socialism for the super rich. Which is hilarious coming from a man who pushed two years ago to give $1.5 trillion to about 600 Americans. Which which they used to buy up more stock in their own businesses rather than reward their workers so that they just got more richer. One thing, and we we love Bernie even more because of this, because one of the things he brought up in this argument was 10 of the 25 poorest counties in the United States are in Kentucky. So maybe Mitch needs to talk to his constituents before he starts explaining what they need and what they don't need. Well, they apparently like him enough to reelect him. Man, I, yeah, I he's know. Just the well, Republican. We talked about people voting against their own best interests over and over and over again. Mitch McConnell will get primaried before he gets ousted by a Democrat. That's the problem is that no one there's no other Republicans going to run against him because he has too much power now. And that's a Republican state that isn't going to vote Democrat. Hey, 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 look, look on the bright side, though. He could die. I listen. I I know that it's probably not good to get like comments like that up on a public podcast that gets put out for anyone to listen to, including the government agencies. Well, any, anyone but, like, can die. I we're, just, we're not talking right, about, I'm a pacifist. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not talking about violence towards anybody. I, there is a pandemic out though. <laughs> I, I think what I said, Andy, Andy, let me say, I think what I said, there's it, nothing wrong with it. I think what you're about to say, there's going to be something very there, wrong there, with <laughs> it. Now go ahead. There is, and there isn't since he doesn't, since he, I mean, does he classify as a human life? Wow. All right, let's move on. All right. Well, I wanted to transition real quick. Let's go. Let's go. We were talking briefly about the economy, um, and I think that that is a big uh, playing field for us to make predictions in in twenty twenty one. So one yeah. thing that I see happening is that we are going to see an increasing gap in the wealth of the top 1% of Americans and everyone else, that that chasm is going to continue to grow for 2021. And I, for one, am in favor okay. of it. Are you an accelerationist on this issue? No, I'm, I'm not, guys. I, <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely not in favor of it. What I think is, in, yes, but uh, the thing is, it's only expanded what was already happening. Uh, the richest 652 people in the world made $191 trillion this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, last year. $191 trillion between uh, the 652 people. That's that's a problem. That's a pretty big problem. So so, so further, like, my my prediction also takes into account, like, I don't think anything will be done in the next year to to reverse that trend like no it's just gonna get worse and worse significantly like i don't i don't think that we are going to suddenly muster up the political will to 
make any different legislation. I don't think Joe Biden's going to do anything about that. Like, no, because he loves billionaires. I don't think that this is uh, something that's going to change. And if I can, uh, I know you guys were trying to stick to just 2021, but um, if I can look forward a little bit, like I don't think that this trend is going to be bucked for some time until we hit like some sort of societal breaking point. And I'm not sure what that could possibly be. Um, but I hope it's like, <laughs> I hope it's peaceful, whatever it is, just um, like a political movement or the populist movements or something. I mean, I hope we're not talking about, you know, the French revolution. No, too. it's it's a hundred. I think it's a hundred percent up to, billionaires, companies, mega companies, and the government, how it goes down. It will absolutely be. And let me be clear. I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying what will happen. Right. But I don't think that's going to be, I don't think that's going to be 2021. I think that's going to take at least, at least a decade or two. But the, the writing on the wall is clear. I mean, this didn't change. 2020 didn't change the direction things were headed in. It just, expanded it rapidly for a year and it's going to expand everything moving forward too because when rich people get richer they don't get poorer afterwards mm-hmm. they're just going to continue getting richer and richer taking up more of like a larger and larger percentage of the world's resources and eventually we have an unsustainable system we have an unsustainable system now but it's going to become clearer and clearer and eventually right we either have uh, we either have guardrails put in place or we have a violent revolution. And those are the options. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, I think, a big deal, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I kind of feel like that, that time is, is maybe a lot closer. Hey, it's a new segment. Um, a segment so new that I haven't come up with theme music for it. I'm thinking maybe like a beachy surfer rock vibe, maybe. Anyway, um, one thing we're going to try and start doing is swapping ads with other podcasts to see if we can generate some new listeners, both for us and for them. So here's our first one. It's called The Mid Card. Uh, we had an excellent experience trading back messages with them. They seem really nice. I've listened to some of the episodes, and they seem really cool. So if professional wrestling is your thing, then give them a try. We know what you're thinking. Another wrestling podcast. But that's where you're wrong. With a Seinfeld of wrestling podcast, we talk about life. Our wives, our, our dogs, our girlfriends on the side. So come take a drive, take a seat, and take a mental vacation with the mid-card. New episodes every Saturday, anywhere you get your podcast from, or you can reach out to us on the social media. We're at T Midcard on Twitter, at the Midcard on Facebook, and of course at the Midcard Podcast on Instagram. We look forward to you joining us. See you soon. Um, but I do also want to provide a positive thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even at at the tail end of 2020, I mean, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but um, I, I Congress has been, and there's been a weird, a weird bipartisan 
front on this, but Congress and even the courts have kind of started slapping the wrists of some big, some of the big tech. And I don't think it's unreasonable to think that that might continue and gain some steam that they might actually start to take some action and break up some of these monopolies or, or oligopolies that, yeah, I've seen uh, there are lawsuits that are in place mm-hmm. that are people are trying to break up Facebook, break up Google. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I certainly up to this point, they really have done almost nothing to suggest that they are going to, uh, they haven't done anything yet. But I mean, the, enough people have spoken out about it. They've been, they ha- held a whole bunch of different hearings over the last couple years. The weird part about it is that the conservatives, the Republicans are mostly mad because they think that their anti-Semitism and racism and all that other isms are being suppressed. Well, we still don't have Alex Jones back on YouTube. Thank you. Uh, let me just say, Alex <laughs> Jones <laughs> arrested for a DWI yesterday. <laughs> and really? I'm a happy, happy man. Yeah, yeah, screw that guy. Oh, wow. Happy New Year for yeah. Happy New Year to Nathan. <laughs> so... <laughs> But like, you know, I I think it's weird the angle that these people are coming at it from, but I'm all about having them on the side of breaking up some of these big tech conglomerates. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's not a negative sign. I. Right. It's lukewarm at best. Anytime anything like this happens to any of these companies, they take something that these companies have made hundreds of billions of dollars off of and give them a fine of $6 million. Right. And so I think it's it's not going to be anything. It's not going to turn in anything. It's not going to make any difference. If you could break up the companies, maybe, maybe, but I'm not even sure of that. Like, I I think well, it would be great if you actually put in, instead of saying, hey, you, this company, you need to break up, there needs to be a limit put on that says, hey, once you reach this level of market saturation, you're not one company, you're two companies now. Right. So this but is... I don't know what that looks like. Where does those, where do those profits go to? Like, if you break up a company, don't the profits still go to the same person from both companies? Well, it depends on... I mean, I think that you're you're hitting on, like, something that I'm a big, big fan of, which is instituting, like, automated checkpoints and guardrails things that 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 happen they don't need congress to say oh we need to break up this company no this company crosses a threshold and this thing is triggered exactly and have regulatory bodies with teeth to them that can actually enforce the laws Mm -hmm. because we don't have that right now we don't have enough people and those people have instead we're no too busy power to make any difference right. at all. Instead, we're too busy enforcing borders and and enforcing like drug rules that don't make any sense, and right. making sure that most of the money and power <laughs> stays in the hands of old rich white men. Hey, just real quick, what the fuck is our topic? Are we talking about the economy still? This is economy. So, um, the the next thing that I wanted to take a swing at is Mr. McConnell. Do you guys think take a no. swing at Mr. McConnell? <laughs> No. Come on, come on. Do you guys think that there is, for for our stock buying and Bitcoin buying, cryptocurrency buying friends, or precious metal buying friends, do you think we are in a COVID bubble? Yes, yes. It, we have to be. Because Bitcoin passed like 
twenty thousand dollars, like up to twenty three thousand dollars per Bitcoin. Mini fact check. Yeah, since we recorded this, Bitcoin topped out at forty one thousand nine hundred and seventy three dollars, and is currently at thirty three thousand four hundred dollars. Mini fact check. And at the bottom of this thing, I was, I remember at the beginning, I was like, man, I wish I had some money because it got down to like $3,600 per Bitcoin when the market dropped out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people made a killing. Un, it's unbelievable. Um, so, I, yes, yeah, the short answer is yes, but I still think that a lot of cryptocurrency is going to be like I'm optimistic that cryptocurrency will be solid over the long run. And so there are people who buy and hold and they don't care what like ups and downs the market does. They just buy $75 worth of cryptocurrency wherever it is every week or every two weeks or whatever. And they hold on to it right. thinking that eventually it's going to go up and up and up. So, so since you you're saying yes, does that mean that there will be a bubble that pops? Do you when do you think that that could happen? I, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine because well, the the weird thing about the cryptocurrency, and I guess this is the same thing with the stock market. But the answer is when people get scared, it's going to be when some like uh, when like Fortune comes out with an article that says, "Is the Bitcoin bust?" Is it too big? And then everybody's going to start selling off. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's going to see everybody else selling off. So they're going to start selling off. And it's going to drop down to 12 or 8 or whatever. And then eventually it'll come back up. I, well, I actually, I don't I don't know. I think it's going to be more internal. I think it's going to be sometime in probably early to like the first half of 22. And I think the bubble's going to burst because people are going to see – a lot of regular things go back to and and they're going to just lose faith inherently. I, I think they're going to freak out and they're going to yeah. see the, yeah. the price start to stabilize and worry that it's about to start tipping down and they're all going to start selling and it's going to start tipping down. I'll, I'll tell you what I do, though. I'd wait for that bubble to pop and then I'd buy. Yeah. I'd like to be right. I'm not necessarily saying like we're just talking about Bitcoin. I mean the market in general. So the market in general has been sort of propped up during this COVID mm-hmm. period in and the recovery since. And uh, you know, people talk about like Main Street and Wall Street. Wall Street took a dip, but has mostly recovered back to where it was pre-COVID. But Main Street really has not, and you're seeing that in like people who are jobless. Um, you know, restaurant jobs that have just not come back, whole sectors of the economy that like may never be the same. Um, so it, I, I'm not sure that, uh, I do think that we're in a COVID bubble. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't think it that pops. Wall Street cares. I don't think that it pops in that sense. I think here's the, I think what happens is, um, especially if the, especially if Democrats manage to, hold the Senate. And I say that only because then there'll be like a unified front on this rather than having to deal with bipartisan dealing as much. But um, I think what happens is as vaccines start to become way more widely distributed and consumer confidence is starting to grow, but means isn't yet and jobs are coming back. I think one of the things that the Fed and government will 
worked together on is providing lots of easy to get small business loans, especially for ones that involve commercial real estate. Um, mm-hmm. because, and, and I think they're going to just make it very easy for people to go start up a new business. And I think you're going to see a lot yeah. of people do that. And I think you're going to get a lot of people who are taking advantage of, uh, new and improved shipping and, and streaming capabilities that will allow them to reach a, a vastly wider audience with their new business idea and the access to a good low interest small business loan is going to make it happen, uh, make it possible for a lot of people. So I think you see a big resurgence in small business, a lot of restaurants, a lot of, you know, restaurant spaces that are available because they went under, um, or because the corp, you know, the corporate yeah. places pulled out are going to, again, like I said, be refilled by small local, locally owned businesses. This is maybe retreating back to politics a little bit, but I'm going to take a more risky take. I, I'm going to shoot for federal marijuana legalization in 2021. Mm. Yeah. No, Harris and uh, Harris has already said that the Harris Biden administration is going to push. That'd be just great, man. I mean, I'm totally right. But if you had something else on economy, we can, we can take economy still. No, I, I just, I think the, you're going to see a bigger and bigger gap between the rich and the poor because the people who are going to have the credit they need to start these businesses with these low interest loans have already wrecked their credit during this pandemic, uh, trying to feed their families and pay their rent. I just, yeah, I think that they compensate for that. Who does? I don't, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, that's certainly not true of our country in any other situation. It just seems – I feel like the um, the SBA and the Fed will be able to have a specific – put together a specific program. The Fed and like other banks, obviously, other big banks. But they're going to put together a specific program that like offers these loans for people. And the whole point is it's helping the country get out of this – depression so they they yeah, would I hope you're they right. would almost have to take into account the fact that the depression has wrecked a lot of people's borrowing abilities um well did did we learn anything from the first stimulus small business loans that went to the banks that which then the banks decided to grossly misappropriate all of these funds no we didn't because did we get any smarter from that do you think we'll do that better next time so (laughs) no but yes so no because with this second stimulus bill there was money specifically already like billions of dollars already earmarked for um big corporations so screw that screw congress but i think who did learn a lesson is the younger generation people 40 and under, 50 and under, our age roughly, who watched what happened during this pandemic and got pissed off. And I think over the next five years or so, you're going to start to see a whole bunch of younger people starting to get into office, public offices. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Like, I think you're going to start to see those boomers, those, those Chuck Schumers and Nancy Pelosi's and Mitch McConnell's who are pushing 80 years old and have been, uh, in office for decades. I think you're going to start to see them disappear. All of your accurate predictions are bumming me out. So can we change <laughs> the subject? 
Okay. Because what I would like to talk about... Hey, that's a pretty good thing. Come on. That was... Mm. It's kind of dark, but... What? I mean, I'll give it to you. Dark that that young people are running for... Are going to start running for office? Well, no, no that people I mean, are going to disappear. Yeah, fine. No, not disappear yeah. like get abducted. I just mean that they're going to you're going to see them, not, you know, no longer holding public office. Yeah. That's all. Um, Jeez. Can we talk about how are people's? So one thing Sarah and I were talking about earlier is when do people uh, throw away their masks? Like, do they? Ooh. So I was I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Um, and I was thinking, like, no, I'm going to keep them. Uh, we're, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to stash them away. But the next time that, like, I've got a cough, I'm just going to grab a mask and wear a mask out when I go to the grocery store. Right. Because the thing is, I think Pat brought this up earlier, when it's already pretty standard in a lot of countries to mm-hmm. um, to have this stuff, to, to have, like, wear masks out. It's it's already a like a defined thing that people do, but it's not here. But I think what I was saying to her was, I think that's true. But where would you have gone like before the pandemic? Where would you have gone to buy a mask? <laughs> uh, you a drugstore. It just wasn't a Home Depot. It wasn't available. You you couldn't like you could have bought an, uh, maybe a, a like a N95 mask. They maybe kept two or three boxes on the shelves uh, over with the Band-Aids and shit. But you couldn't have bought a cloth mask anywhere. You couldn't have bought a reusable mask because, like, there's no call for Mm -hmm. them. And now everybody has them. I I am hopeful that this is a permanent change in, like, mask acceptability. Um, Yes. And it's not universal. Like I was saying before, I mean, there are huge portions of our population that are still anti-mask, that are still, you know, um, and, you know, the vaccine's going to put microchips in us and the masks have microchips in them and they're using them to well, control us. Well, they're right us, about that. Um, you know, for, for whatever. So some, some degree of people you will never convince to make mask wearing a permanent part of the culture. But um, I think the acceptability of when you're sick that you wear a mask, hopefully... I think that we can keep that permanently with any luck at all. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to take a a dip for a while, but I think it's, people are going to just not want to throw their reusable masks away. And so they'll be like, yeah, I'll just stick it in a drawer. And then the next time that they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, uh, a July 4th cookout, but I kind of got a cough. Why don't I just grab my mask and, um, you know. Well, and I think the other thing is, I think we all from now on and like granted all whatever is obviously not true. Um, but I think everybody washes their hands for 20 seconds from here on out. You know, we, we know now that that's the most effective way to wash your hands. We've been doing it for a year. At least the good people have been. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think people continue that and that's how they teach their kids how to wash their hands moving forward. People see people washing their hands for longer in, like, public restrooms or whatever, and I think it just, I think it's going to stick around for a while. What? So I'm sorry, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I, I use a lot of public restrooms in my job. Like, that is, you know, where oh, I yeah. go, because I don't have an office, I don't have, like, a little latrine in the back of the truck. I am in and out of public restrooms, like, all the time. And, uh, 
you still see people just, they'll flush, they'll walk right out the door, never soap or water touched any part of their body. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah. And I, I, and I mean, I, I I'm, not, I'm not saying it's like a ton of people, but it, it definitely happens. Yeah, I think it's still enough. But, I, you know, listen, I think just overall um, hygiene habits were improved on average this year. And I think that'll probably mm-hmm, be good. maintained a little bit. I don't think overall, like, it's going to be a huge difference. But every little bit helps, man. Every single time I shake someone's hand, like, in sales, right, that's the first thing I do when I meet a customer is I shake their hand. And I appreciate having just a couple percentage points more confidence that they may have washed their hands since they peed last. <laughs> well, and I do think people will – there's <laughs> there's never going to be a point in my house from here on out where we don't have hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably going to be true of a lot of people. Did I tell you guys on the show that um... – there was an alcohol sign that I had to do the other week. Um, so, like, federal law prohibits me from just leaving this package. Like, a teenager could find it or a young kid could find it, and then we would be liable, you know, all of this stuff. So federal law right. prohibits me from leaving alcohol without an over-21 adult signing for the package. So I go do this delivery, and I deliver alcohol, and I have the the lady sign and uh she's like she's like literally like dripping like blowing her nose dripping oh. sneezing coughing oh. and uh like signed signed for the alcohol and she's like you might want to wipe that down i was like oh are you <laughs> sick and she's like yeah i i tested positive for covid oh I, <laughs> I, and i was just so jesus christ her that's that's so so furious, and I didn't have any hand sanitizer in the truck. Um, I had to go, so I drove straight to Walgreens, picked up just like this five dollar, just like fuck you, huge <laughs> bottle of hand sanitizer, and just hit everything. But like, I guess my point of this story is that I think people will continue to be nasty. Like, hopefully, there is a trend of increasing awareness. Right. Um, and that we will see like good things come out of this that, uh, you know, continually, um, people will start using better hygiene habits, uh, for, for the transmission (laughs) of diseases. But I think the bottom line here is that, um, y'all nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the phrase that comes to mind for me is dumbo's going to (laughs) dumb. Like it doesn't like, you can't stop dumb people from being idiots. Um, but I think for the, for the rest of us, but like, can you also, for me, that woman who exposed you to COVID, she, there should be consequences for what she did. That's she, that's assault. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are, there's, no, that's there's, there's no cases of people who transmit disease, like kind of knowingly or even sometimes like maliciously, but sometimes just negligently, but they have been. Like the, the the there's precedent on your side there. Back check, back check, back check. And welcome back to Fact Check. On March 24th, 2020, Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen sent U.S. attorneys and federal law enforcement agencies a memo 
informing Department of Justice officials that they should consider prosecuting certain, quote, purposeful exposure or infection of others with COVID-19. I'm not going to get into all of this because it seems pretty complicated, but there are a few things that go into whether you are held liable for infecting somebody else with a disease. Part of it has to do with intention. You have to know you had the disease to be able to spread it to somebody else. I'm going to go ahead and include a link in the doobly-doo to a YouTube channel we really like called Legal Eagle, talking about this specific issue. It's about 15 minutes long. If you're interested in more, please go check it out. But the bottom line is, yeah, Pat can absolutely sue or press charges for this woman trying to infect him. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. I mean, I agree, but do I help the situation by, like, prosecuting her for it? Like, yes, yeah? absolutely, okay. absolutely you do. Well, at the very least, maybe it makes it a little extra money. I guess. There's your hazard no. pay. No, I, I just think, like, the, the, way, the way people learn about that stuff is to have consequences. And if you make one person have consequences, then other people see that there are consequences as well. I, I'm not saying it doesn't suck, but it is unbelievably cruel that she did that in the first place. Right. It is unacceptably, unforgivably cruel that she did that in the first place. So, from my perspective, f*** her. I don't care. Go to prison, pay a fine. I don't give a sh. But if you're going to spread a potentially deadly disease and then tell people about it after you did it. Yeah. Go and fuck yourself 100% all the way. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely, I completely agree with that sentiment. But, like, I, I don't know that, I don't know that I'm gonna, like, follow up on, right. like, getting her in trouble or anything. No. But, like, right. I, I should, I should have told her, like, that was an incredibly <laughs> stupid thing to do, don't do that. But I'm also, like, I'm doing my customer service thing. Like, I don't usually right. confront customers well, even even after potentially killing me or half of the county what, that I live in or you what know might be in. nice what might be nice is for you to be able to so I have not done my uber thing in a year now almost mm -hmm. um because I don't feel comfortable having people in my car right but the thing is uber has a uber has a thing where if somebody gets in your car and they're not wearing a mask you ask them to wear a mask, and if they don't, you report them, and at some point, they aren't able to use Uber again. Hmm. I think for you, having telling your employer, this person exposed me to COVID would be an excellent way. Her losing her ability to have packages delivered from your company would be an Yeah, my company does not give a rat's ass about that. <laughs> like, certainly, <laughs> right. because... Uh, Which, you know, <laughs> they're continuing to operate during this whole time. And furthermore, like, that is a customer putting money into their pockets. What repercussion could possibly come to them? You know, there's no benefit to them at all for for cutting out that customer. Because they don't because care about me either. Yeah, because you're a cog. You're not a human being and they don't give a shit about their employees. Which is a whole other thing that we've talked about before, and we should talk about again. Uh, I mean, I have a, I have we a will. story about the depths to which my company does not give a fuck 
about anything, but um, maybe that is for another time and not for the predictions episode. <laughs> right. In fact, I think probably are we uh we're getting close we're getting close but i do i do have another topic i want to hop into i have i have something so um i this year has been a very uh, the united states is a very insulated kind of place anyway we mostly only pay attention to ourselves to begin with but especially this year usa you know um this year just there been so much there there's been so much domestic trouble Mm mm-hmm we'll say <laughs> that that there just hasn't been much time to pay much attention to anything around the world. I think really the only one like worldwide headline that, that really made much of news in America this year was uh, the, the, the whole Uyghur situation in China. But there is one other thing that I wanted to bring up just for the sake. There of- was also this year. Um, there was also in England, uh, the number one song at Christmas was Boris Johnson is a fucking <laughs> So that was international news that's, that I think spread far and wide. Is that is that for real? That sounds yes. great. Hmm. Ha. Okay. I'm going to bleep the shit out of that, though. Yeah. Oh, I want to hear that song, though. Now I've never, I, I didn't know that was news. Kind of want to go down that rabbit hole now, but um, <laughs> I'm going to try and like stay you're on, top. on China, though. I, I was not actually not on China. There was one other international headline that I wanted to bring up because it's a really big freaking deal. And I wanted to bring it up just sort of as a stand in for all of the other international headlines that, like, folks. A lot of stuff happened all around the world, and not a lot of it was good. So, um, but the one I wanted to highlight is that in Russia, Mother Russia, fearless leader Putin has extended his uh, grip on power until, what is it, I think through 2016 or something? It's like, or 2016. <laughs> Until four years ago. 2016. Oh my 2026. God. 2026. He's extended his uh, ability to stay in power for a much longer time. Now, he's been in power since, I think, like roughly 1999 in Russia. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time already. And to be fair, that's not in and of itself necessarily a horrifying thing. Um uh, Angela Merkel has been in power in Germany for 16 years, 15, 16 years, and she's done a pretty good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Putin has not done such a great job. He's not a great guy. That depends. On I mean, I guess I haven't met him. So yeah, to, sure. to Nathan's point <laughs> earlier, you know, uh, he might be really awesome. Uh, the president seems to like him. Yeah. And he's met him. True. So. I guess, and uh, he looked. He looked into his eyes, and he can't see any reason why he would be right. lying. So, for for Americans and American interests, I would say absolutely that that's true. I would say for like you know for Russian citizens, eh, I don't know. Well, he's but for for America yeah. and American interests, he's, he's certainly a bad fellow. Yeah, and he's also not good for Russian interests, and he is struggling to. He is. To be fair, he has held on to power for over twenty years, but not le- like legitimately. 
he yeah. cheats. So, so awesome. <laughs> so did you have, did you have a story? Did you have a story oh, yeah. linked to Mr. Well, he, or, he, or, he, or a hot take or a prediction that he, he this this year in 2020 he amended the Russian Constitution somehow to allow him to to stay in power for like another decade and change. Um, so he'll probably stay in power all through 2021. I mean, yeah, and it's a good swing. I don't know. I mean, he's a tough one to predict. Sure. He obviously loved having his pet in the White House, and um, Biden is not as much his, like, pet. But I don't know. I mean, like, I really – I bring this up to be, like, one example of, hey, guys, some really bad stuff went down all around the world, not just here. Right. So so would you you say it's fair to say um, under a Joe Biden presidency – we will see escalating tensions with Russia and potentially with many world superpowers. I don't know. Um, I think that Biden will indeed keep up some pressure on China. I think he's not going to take the tariffs, Trump's tariffs off of China. I think he's going to leave them. Um, and I think he's going to continue to be relatively antagonistic towards China. But I don't think that he wants to escalate to war or an all-out conflict. I don't mm-hmm. think that he really, at least at first, I don't think that that's a big, has much of his attention at, at all. I think he's very much focused on the domestic issues that need to be solved in like six to nine months ago. I'm curious to see if Russia has a tape proving that uh he has a urine fetish because i think that <laughs> might affect his actions towards them quite a bit i don't understand i mean i understand if i were trump i would have embraced it i had been like hell yeah i love pee yeah let's do it like do whatever like yeah it matches my hair great like <laughs> right. uh, yeah go to like if i were trump i'd be like go to trumpptape.com for 19.99 all you maga right. members out there seriously I, that uh, like maybe <laughs> they don't they don't have a problem with him like jailing toddlers. They're not going to have a problem with him like watching prostitutes pee on each other. I mean, other. jailing toddlers is bad, but I'll t- I mean, just to keep it in the same vein, they don't have a problem with him talking about how he would have dated his daughter if she weren't. Hell yeah! Ooh, right. dude, ooh, like that's way worse than getting peed on. Right. <laughs> Mini fat check. Or being accused of rape and sexual assault by 26 different women. Mini fact check. So if there's a country that is nearby Russia that you think that Russia might continue their expansionist policies into. Talking about Ukraine? What would be, what would be your gambling choice? I mean, besides the ones that they are currently actively militarily trying to expand their influence into <laughs> like there's sure. already multiple countries on that list right now sure yeah so your 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 money's on ukraine when, that's that, that's one of the ones accurate. that's already going on that's not a bold that's not a bold prediction <laughs> well i do have a bold swing but it's not go it's for not it. about russia oh my that's yeah, fine my i'm off for russia is it is it going to be as bold as your other swings this this episode? No, this one's actually a big... I predict that McDonald's will release the Shamrock Shake this year. <laughs> no, this is... <laughs> we'll bring the McRib back. Um, no, this one actually is a big swing. Um, I think that this year, 2021, that China will attempt 
and succeed a mainland invasion of Taiwan. Whoa. Huh. Which is going to put the U.S. in a very uncomfortable geopolitical... Well, all of the countries, all of the neighboring countries are going to be in a very um, precarious situation <laughs> at that point. Can I ask, what happens to us as, as a country if we're like, uh, no, nah, China, we're not paying you back. No, thank you. Um, about our debt? Yeah. Because um, I think that's the reason, that's the reason why it's awkward. Right. Well, because we I mean, that's complicated. So, so for one thing, the, uh, the credit rating of the U.S. would suffer from that, I think, significantly. Um, the other thing is kind of fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could do it like, so here in Ohio, there's a law, like if your landlord is not living up to what they're supposed to do, you can go ahead and put your rent. You still have to put it into a specific type of savings account. Escrow, yeah. Right. All right. Here's all your money, China, but you don't get a dime until you take care of your Right. So that's going to put us in a really weird position. Um, I don't know if we are, I don't think we are allied with Taiwan, but Taiwan is, you know, it's a liberal democratic society. Um, they're way more friendly than China is. And I mean, the people there are great. It would be a horrible thing to see happen, but who can stand against the military might of China? Can Taiwan do that? I mean, that is a really... <laughs> <laughs> really tough. No, of yeah. course not. Like that's the problem. Like no one, we can't do anything because they're not rich and they're not like powerful from a military uh, point of view. So, but we've already seen escalations this year of China claiming like you know parts of the South China Sea are theirs. Um, the U.S. has started moving uh, aircraft carriers to sort of check. That um, Chinese expansion of just saying, well, this is mine and that's mine and this is mine. <laughs> um, uh, but one of the things that they've been doing is they've been uh, regularly flying over Taiwanese airspace and uh, testing the borders, um, testing, you know, to see what what Taiwan can respond to, what their response times are. Um, and like down to like a lot of just data collection to see like how well that they could respond to an invasion. And uh, that is a very worrisome trend. And that is why I feel like this could be the year for that to happen. I hope to be wrong because that would be a horrible geopolitical event to see happen. Um, but I'm, I'm increasingly worried about Taiwan and I mean, of course, Hong Kong, um, and uh, the Uyghur population in mainland China. There's a lot of things to worry about with China. So I said this in the debate episode, and I'll say it again. Economy. Like, there are some things that are more important than the economy, and this is one of them. Mm -hmm. the, the Uyghur population is more important. Uh, not, allowing them, uh, not allowing China to go do whatever the hell they want is more important. And to, to be, right, but to, what do you do? Yeah. To, like... Clarify, because I mean, that's a, you're, you're, that is, to say f the economy is getting people's attention, but what you really mean is that the economic hit that you take 
by not kowtowing to China and allowing them to do that is absolutely worth it. And, and yeah. Yeah. You, uh, that's, yeah, that is exactly what I'm hundred percent agree. <laughs> I think that one of the ways, I think that we're going to see a new space race, or I think we already are kind of seeing a new space race, but I think that in May, I don't know if it'll happen in 2021, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it down there as my, as my big swing of the night. Big swing. We land a person on Mars in 2021. Hmm. We put a person on Mars. That's what I'm saying. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sick of this place. So, <laughs> no, I mean it's not that. It's just that I I can like I love talking to people and I I do thrive in that. But I can also like I could be alone in a space capsule for you know two years or whatever and and not completely lose my. It depends on if I have Netflix or not. Right? No, <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I do not think there's any chance that we land on Mars in 2020. No, probably I'm gonna, not. But. I'm gonna go ahead and I think I would be super happy if we landed on the moon in 2021. Well, we that have to leave great. really soon, right? Cuz it takes like 8 months to get there. Well, all right. Something I'll, crazy. I mean, or I would say like they they at least they push and put in motion like the mission it gets scheduled even if they yeah. if they're like, yeah, look, no, I think- we have we know what we need to do. We have to build it and we have to make all the calculations and stuff still. But we're starting the process of putting a person on Mars if that happens sure. in 2021. But I think I think they've already started that. I mean, they, they have a plan. But the thing is, they're starting to the the interesting thing is they're starting to. Uh, think that maybe Mars is not the best option. Right. Well, and so does that change in terms of whether that's our goal or not? In terms of right. colonizing, it might not be the best option, but right. But it's going to have other. I want to colonize again the moon. Mm. If we could colonize the moon, get a permanent base up there, and then I know I talked to you guys about it earlier this week, but uh, we found an asteroid that's worth ten thousand quadrillion dollars. Right. Uh, so that's 70,000 times the global economy. And so what I would love is a base on the moon that we could start building larger, uh, crafts. So we could start building, uh, ships in the orbit of the moon so that we could start parking asteroids around the orbit of the moon and then mining from there. Hmm. I've heard, it would just I've be heard so much Titan, easier. I've heard that Titan is nice this time of year. <laughs> well, the thing is, imagine being able to build a Borg cube as your spaceship, because the only reason why we need pointy spaceships right now is because we need to get out of the atmosphere of the Earth. Right. If you could just launch from the orbit of the moon, you can build your spaceship in any damn shape you want. And it doesn't matter like maybe, uh... because it's not going to it's not going to affect how fast your ship goes in space. Not going to be any wind that's going to get in your way. Right. That's cool. So that's what I want. I want us to build something on the moon. I want us to do it in an international way. I'd like us to work with other countries to be able to do that. And I want us to bring that 10,000 quadrillion dollar asteroid back home and start mining that. Yeah, let's do it. Right. And let's make sure that Bezos gets most of it since clearly he will have been the investor you know, him and Elon, like the, the people who invest all yeah. the money, they should be probably the ones who get most of the, like, you know, monetary. No, reward. no, no. I think all of it. I think if we could go ahead, the difference between Jeff Bezos having $200 billion and having $10,000 quadrillion really isn't that big of a deal. 
it's about the same. Uh, because <laughs> okay. he really is just taking it away from everybody else. Right. And I'm going to beg to differ, but okay. <laughs> anyway. Same, just, same thing. I, I, what do you guys think? Should we um, bring this in for a close? Let's do it. I would like, instead of uh, a precious moments, uh, why don't we do uh, precious predictions today? Mm. I've got one. Pat, well, Pat can you uh, give me a, uh, a breathy... Uh, Precious Predictions. Oh, you got it. Precious Predictions. <laughs> Perfect. Um, All right. I apologize. I, I kind of had one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and I almost forgot. Because, oh, no. Go, go. So yeah. this is just something personal that I, like, experienced, I guess. Um, you're familiar with the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, for sure. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Great movie, uh, classic, and listeners, if you haven't seen it, you know, <laughs> since it's been out for like 50-some years, I'm not going to worry about spoilers, but... Spoilers, everybody. <laughs> That's true. Ooh, I, so, I can make a spoiler sound effect. I feel like it has a squish. Spoilers! I've already taken it. Um, so anyway, I rewatched it. Caitlin hadn't seen it, actually, for, somehow. Um, and so Wild. I put it on on Christmas... And I'm, I don't, I don't actually celebrate Christmas. My family does, so I join. But Ethan. it's not. Yeah, I celebrate secular Christmas. I am present because I don't want to miss out on my family time. But it's Te- not my holiday. All so, Christmas is is pagan Christmas, right? I mean, if we're yeah. being technical, that's true. So you know, I, I'm not a big. I'm present because I don't want to miss presents. Oh, got him. Cool. So anyway, I'm not really a big Christmas guy is my point here. And uh but I wanted to put it on cuz it's a great movie and it just hit in a different way this year. So a lot of stuff that's happened this year with the the various difficulties that that you know I've had and everyone's had um and I I've I've struggled for a long time with with kind of feeling like I don't know what I, I feel like I have some sort of great potential that I should be fulfilling, but I don't think that I am. And you know, what am I doing? I'm selling cars. What am I, how am I making the world a better place? How am I using whatever talents I have to make the world better? I'm not really. And it bothers me. And, you know, I used to get some of that fulfillment when I was in education, but I just kind of don't anymore. And that's made it a little bit rougher this year for me. And not to say that I dislike what I do, but it just doesn't have that same degree of fulfillment. I've always had kind of big dreams for myself, big expectations. Not that I think I'm going to be president, but, you know, I expect a lot out of myself. And so watching It's a Wonderful Life just hit me in a whole new way this year, relating so much to George Bailey's frustrations that he's he's stuck in his hometown. He keeps getting stuck doing this thing that he doesn't want to do, but feels obligated to because his family needs him to. And it's he just feels like he's not maybe not necessarily letting everyone down, but not doing not fulfilling his potential and letting himself down. And I, I that really hit me for that part of it hit me in a very in the gut way. Mm. And then as the movie progresses and he start like he gets depressed about it and he's getting you know bedraggled and 
starts drinking and all and gets really sad and it's rough for him. And I, you know, I've, those are all feelings I could relate to. And, um, and then of course he's, you know, the angel Clarence makes it so that he was never born and he goes around and sees for himself the impact that he's had on, on other people's lives and what he meant to them and how many people he was able to influence and help and be there for people that to, I mean, to, to all of those people, he was absolutely indispensable, even though he didn't think anything of what he was doing. He thought it was garbage. And I'm, I apologize. I'm getting a little bit emotional again. But um, there's something very special about the the way that you can develop a relationship with people and um, how meaningful that is and – I think myself in particular, but I, th- I think that a lot of people get tend to get a little hung up on, you know, accomplishments and achievements and medals on the wall and stuff like that. Um, and when it really comes down to it, none of that, no amount of money in the bank, no amount of like accolades and, and no matter how long your resume is, if well, all that really matters in the end is how you treat people and that you just do the right thing and make the right choice all the time. And that's really for oh, several years, I've had a saying that you don't pursue happiness. Like you don't, you don't pursue some sort of goal of being good to get a, a reward you get rewarded just for being good because it's the way to be. That's the right way to be. And I don't know. Look, I, I mean, to to get straight to the point here with, as I've already walked all the way around it, from the minute that movie came on until a good half hour or so after it ended, I mean, I had just had tears pouring down my face and just was a wreck. And uh, I had no idea that that was going to happen. It was very unexpected to have that kind of a reaction, but it, I mean, it was, it, it was a cathartic experience. Unlike what any I've, I've experienced in a very, very long time. And, um, really sort of one of those perspective changing, one of those, what do you call it? Paradigm shifting sort of moments for me. And, um, just wanted to share that. Yeah. Can can we craft that into a prediction or no? Probably not. I predict that I will be a happier person in 2021 than I was in 2020. Nice. I There you go. I predict that Andy will watch bar. It's a Wonderful Life again <laughs> at the end of next year. Well, I mean it's a great No, I well, And you I I have had a tradition for years and years and years where I watch It's a Wonderful Life every year on Halloween. Uh, because I love that movie so much and I love Halloween so much <laughs> that I decided why not combine them into <laughs> one thing. So sort of like Die Hard is clearly a Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Eh, it's not necessarily just a Christmas movie. You can watch it any time of year. Right. And, uh, I don't, I, I like, I, I so, I so relate to everything you're saying, Andy. I, I absolutely get the same feeling out of that movie. 
And you, you don't know who you're going to impact. You don't know what your actions are going to do. I, I remember years back, I've, I've worked with, um, I've done anti-racism work in the past and I've done, uh, work with, uh, youth for years and years and years. Um, I am, I don't know if I've really talked about it on the show because sort of like, <laughs> I feel the same way about it that like Lexi felt about veganism where like, I don't talk about it cause I don't want to feel like I'm being preachy, mm-hmm. but I, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I've never smoked. I like, and the thing is, I don't feel superior because of it. It's just like something that I've, I like that I don't feel is necessary for me. And I don't feel that like, it's not my place to tell anybody else not to do it, but that's just the way I live my life. And I had not like a few people get in touch with me, like pretty much within like a six month period of time. Like I had uh, three or four youth, like, email me or call me or whatever and say it meant a lot to them to be able to see that I didn't do that stuff and it affected them and like let them know it was okay not to do that shit and still be funny or intelligent or like have tons of friends or whatever it was. And that meant a ton. And I had no idea. I wasn't doing it to like impact them. I'm not trying to be a mentor. God knows I'd be a terrible one, but I, it it was really nice to like get that. And I think about that happened within like a fairly short period of time. And I think about like, who are the people that that impacted or like other jokes that I've told impacted or like mm-hmm. the conversations I've had that impacted that still had that same impact, but you never, you're never going to get the email about, you know, A- Andy, I can tell you for sure. I would not have my current job that I've held for like seven years without uh break a leg. Wait, what is this? So, really? What is break a leg? <laughs> it's this play that we did a few years ago. I uh was suggested um Tom uh suggested oh. to me cuz I was in between jobs at that point. He suggested to me to apply to f- and um he like knew a particular contractor. I actually didn't wind up getting picked up by that particular contractor, but um I did get uh, in for temporary work and then later picked up by a contractor and uh, like it was by far the most I'd ever been paid in a job like the most responsibility that I've ever had in a job and like for all that I bitch about it like I am grateful very much for that job so uh-huh. I mean it's taken pretty good care of me throughout the years I won't say there's it's been perfect but um you know, I am very grateful for that. And I probably would be in a ditch somewhere without you. <laughs> without me? Oh, so, Yeah. What? So whatever the main character's name is, I forget. But he, you're the... Uh, George Bailey. You're the George Bailey. And, like, just knowing that you could have rung a bell the whole time. Right. <laughs> but, I also, but I also wouldn't have gotten uh, dumped from a, like, one-night stand... That um, the girl like <laughs> completely dumped me, so I wouldn't have met her if it weren't for break a leg either. So that's also your responsibility. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll I'll take that one on the chin. I guess. No, I don't. I, it's ridiculous to blame. I was that. well. Okay. Who you met through break a leg? Was it one of the cast members? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, okay. friend of a friend. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so my my big swing for twenty twenty one. My uh, precious prediction 
is that the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to happen. So don't worry about any of the other stuff. Do you have a date? That we predicted. A date? Um, like someone well, to just, go with. Just to hedge. Just, <laughs> yeah, that one night stand maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so just to hedge my bet, I'm going to say December 31st. Mm. Um, so I have the whole year. Oh. December thirty first, uh, Jesus coming back, twenty twenty one. So where do you um, where do you land ready. on good works? Uh, am I good or uh, no? Actually, it's justification by faith. Uh, so, all right. Well, sorry. So, good works don't do. Uh, good works are a product. It's a first fruit of the spirit, but they don't save you. So unfortunately, that's not going to. So what Pat is saying is that under. Christian mythology, and I use the term only technically, not to be a dick. I'm not <laughs> sure. trying to be a dick, but like it. under the rules or whatever you want to say, I don't know, that you can just go ahead and rape, pillage, murder, just generally do some Mitch McConnell stuff and <laughs> have faith, and you are Gouda. That does sound right. Well, you're going to have to feel bad about it afterwards ah. and repent from it, but sure. Yeah, I mean, you could. Can you fake that? I that's I mean you're getting into the into the bushes there. Um, probably not. Fake it. Hey guys, here's a big swing for 2021. We're gonna do a religion episode at some point, <laughs> like a real religion episode. You know what? Here's my prediction for 2021. I'm gonna come up with a catchphrase. Oh man! When we started recording, I should have said. That, oh my god, I feel like I haven't seen you guys since last year. Ah, <laughs> we can leave that one in. God damn it. If, All right. if Nathan feels like editing it in. <laughs> oh my god. My big prediction is that we will give you something to think about this year. And I will love you. Bye. <laughs> I don't know that that one works as well, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's the best one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting to see how long Nathan can hold his breath. Yeah, I like to test it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can just call me Andy. <laughs> He's back! Your prediction came true! <laughs> Ta-da! Wow. That was faster than I predicted by a lot.